Welcome back to another episode of the Trying to Live Podcast. It's your man, Dave Hellum. I got my friends with me. What's up? What's up? This is Dr. Ed McDonald. What up, though? Sydney Bailey the fourth back in the building. And we got a couple of guests. What, what's the topic of, for today, man? Today's topic is a popular thing that's going on in this world, and that is plant-based eating, plant-based diets. And is that real? Is it, you know, is it fake? Like, well, we're we going to get into a lot of the... The, the meat of the impossible meat. Right, right, right. So you, you came with the comedy. I came with the pun, okay? You know, I got the puns, dog. <laughs> I'm saying, man, it, this is a safe space. It's okay for brothers to do puns. Yeah, it is, man. <laughs> so, like, for me, th- this is a topic that's close to my heart, man, because I'm a, I'm a gastroenterologist. I'm into nutrition. I teach people how to cook and everything. And, but I wasn't always like this. And for me, once upon a time, I was probably 70, 80 pounds bigger than what I am. And I think what really helped me in my transition was really focusing more on this plant-based diet and uh, eating more fruits and vegetables. And I talked to a lot of patients in the hospital about plant-based diets. I mean, I'm one of the, the, the biggest advocates. But I also meet people where they are. So I'm not about food shaming. So if somebody comes into the clinic and they're like, look, man, I don't want to be on a plant-based diet, that's cool. Uh, I just want your diet to be healthier than what it is. So we start making subtle changes and start working people, work with people as opposed to really just forcing everyone to a plant-based lifestyle. Uh, I just want people to eat more fruits and vegetables. And if that means you end up a vegetarian, cool. If that ends up you're a flexitarian, that's also cool. But I want to hear from a couple of our guests um, – in terms of their journeys and what got them interested with plant-based diets or even some of their experience with plant-based diets. So we got my man, Carrier Coleman, personal trainer extraordinaire. So he's on the show today. Uh, you may have seen him on our previous episodes when we were talking about what is men's health. Uh, what's up, Carrier? Hey, what's going on? All right. And uh, Dave, I'm going to let you do the honors of introducing this next guest, my man, GLC. Man, yeah, dog. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have you in the building, dog. We got the ism. We got GLC. Uh, I've been a fan of not just the music, but of, of your plant-based journey for a minute, dog. And I've been trying to get you on this podcast, and we've been kind of kind of BSing about getting it going. But now we're here, and I'm in Chicago from L.A., and you in Chicago right now. And I was like, man, we got to get GLC here. And... You came through, bro. So welcome to the show. Yes. <laughs> what up with it, man? Uh, it's an honor <laughs> to be amongst you gentlemen, man. Church. What's, what's going on, bro? Man, growth and development, man. You know, uh, <laughs> evolution. Evolution at its finest, man. You know, uh, just had a, um, man, I just gained an angel, you know. Uh, mm. I, my sister made transition recently. And, uh, oh, prayer, prayer, prayer to you, brother. Yeah, oh, man. man, sorry to hear that. Oh, man, thanks a million, man. She's a beautiful lady, a beautiful spirit. So, you know what I'm saying? She'll continue to live through me, Cleo Harris. That's my sister, man. Church. Rest in power, man. Love, love and respect. So, you're an MC, man. It's not a lot of cats in the hip-hop world that are vegetarians. I mean, I know we hear some of... You know, cats like Common when they transition to vegetarian lifestyle, maybe Andre 3000. Um, and then you got, you know, Dead Prez and cats like that. But, you know, growing up, I, I grew up loving hip hop. And in the 90s, you weren't hearing Snoop Doggy Dog talk about, you know, a plant-based diet. <laughs> I mean, if he was talking about plants, it wasn't diet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was a little bit. <laughs> uh, 
but but for you, what got you interested in switching over to a, a plant based lifestyle and even even talking about it in the open? Because it's still uh, only recently it's become new. Yeah, I, I mean, and it's become acceptable. Back in the day, like you didn't really meet any vegans. I remember I didn't even know what a vegan was. The first time I heard the word vegan. I was on a date with her sister, and she wanted to go to Soul Vegetarian, and she told me she was vegan. I'm like, I only date people that believe in Jesus. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like, I'm freaky, but not that freaky. <laughs> and so, what's your story, man? Man, it's so crazy that you just mentioned Soul Vegetarian, man, because back in the day, uh, my Mac and Prowess led me to Soul Vegetarian because... A young lady who I was exchanging some Mac and Vows with ended yeah. up working there. You know uh, what okay. I'm saying? This was in the 90s, bro. Yeah. And, you know, they've been there since the 80s. They've been there forever. I mean, they were like the first. So yeah. we, we got a similar experience. We both ended up in Soul Vegetarian because of women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely why I was there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And when I tasted the food, I just couldn't believe it. It was good. It was really good. But at that point, I still wasn't ready to give up that chicken. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? See, as a kid... Um, like at, at the age of like 13 to maybe 15, during the summer times, my sister, who was my legal guardian after my mother and father passed, yeah, she would send me down to Mississippi. Got you. What parts of Mississippi? Columbus, Mississippi. Okay. In the country down 45 South, Lowndes County. Respected. So that's where I was, right? And my uncle, he had a farm. He had pigs on the farm. Cows on the farm, chickens on the farm. Okay. And like catfish on the farm. Yeah. And when I saw what they was feeding the pigs, it was called slop. Slop was these big barrels. Like, you know how people would turn these tin cans? No, I think they were steel garbage cans back in the day before yeah. the city gave us garbage cans. Right, right, right. They'd turn them into barbecue grills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So look. The slop came in those big barrels of that, right? Okay. In this rusted light can. Ugh. You dip a like a, a five-gallon bucket into it. Okay. You pull it out, and then you pull it into the tray. Got you. The pigs running up, maxing it, like, to the point where they'll fight each other to eat this leftover food. Yeah. The slop Ugh. came from cruise ships. Okay. It was the leftover food off cruise ships. And I witnessed this. I was like, damn, this how they getting down? This what they eating? Yeah. I felt a little more scandalous about eating bacon. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I was like, damn, I don't know if I want to keep eating this because I saw what they were eating. Got you. But what really blew me, one of the pigs that was in there got a little cut on them. Yeah. After a few days, the cut got bigger and bigger. I'm like, why is this cut growing? Yeah. What I noticed was the other pig saw that this pig was sick and had a cut. They started eating this fool. Gotcha. Oh, wow. Like maybe four pigs started eating another pig while he was partially alive a little bit. Yeah. Ah. So that that that's a deep story. And 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 one, yeah. a lot of folks don't have that experience. You know what I mean? Like yeah. my family's from the South too. So yeah. I've been down to Mississippi. I've been down to Chicago. It's right, most of Chicago. But but this is stuff that people forget, man. We don't know where food comes from. So it's easiest for you know, it's easy for a lot of people to just eat food when they don't see what happens, you know, with the food as yeah. the food is processed and like the behind the scenes stuff. So you yeah. saw that and you saw what the pigs were eating and that that changed your lifestyle. Oh man, it, it, that was the beginning. Yeah. After that, I gave up pork. Got you. Then I had an epiphany. Okay. I was like, man, I don't really want to be eating these cows like that. Yeah. I just stopped eating beef. 
that was like 96, like okay. a few years later. Yeah. Then yeah. after that, it took like another decade and a couple more years for me to give up chicken and turkey. Got you. And I was just doing the fish. Yeah. But at the time, I was still doing shellfish. Okay. I did not understand how acidic shellfish was. Okay. I didn't even understand that lobster and shrimps, they ate shit. They was yeah. like shit yeah, yeah. eaters. Exactly. So I looked at it like, you are what you eat. I'm eating these lobsters and shrimp. I'm eating a little shit. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to. Yeah, I didn't want to be eating no shit, man. So I gave that up. Now, now, did people give you a hard time, man? So again, coming from a, a family with Southern roots, um, sometimes people be like, that's all you're going to eat? The holy grail. Or you're not going to eat this anymore? I'm offended. Like The you know, holy grail of black, of black food. On holiday time, it's disgusting. It's, it's chitlins. I've seen people fight over. I've seen my aunties like get into fist fights over the last pieces of of the the pig intestines. So when you when you told your family that you wasn't rocking with that no more, <laughs> what was their reaction to that? Man, you know what? My sister, she was so outstanding that she just went along with whatever I wanted to do. Okay. But but she wasn't cooking, like, making separate meals for me. But when we went to the grocery store, I was able to pick stuff that only I would eat. Yeah. So it kind of worked yeah. out. But the rest of the family, you know, they made jokes. You know, they it was like, boy, you ate this your whole life. And I'm like, yeah, I got diabetes from the shit, too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So why would yeah. I keep doing it? You know, I might yeah. just fuck around and get something else next if I keep doing it. Got you, got you. Now, yeah. let, let's, uh, let's get into that diabetes story, man. So yes, before uh, we started the podcast, yeah. you told a really deep, uh, touching, personal story about how you first got diagnosed, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so let's, 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 let's get into that, man. So what, what what happened? All right, so I was real cool and smooth growing up. I was hooping. I was playing baseball. I was uh, displaying a large level of Mac and potential okay. at my young age, right? <laughs> and this here in Chicago. Word, word. Yeah, this was here in Chicago. I went to Simeon, you know okay. what I'm saying? It was a Mac and Oasis, you know? I'm saying, and Simeon, then, one of the dopest basketball schools in the city. Oh, man, it was amazing, man. Yeah. You know, absolutely amazing. Shout out to Benji. Man, right, hey. Long live word. Benji, man. Long live him, yeah. So, uh... With that being said, man, I noticed that my Mac and stamina had decreased. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on? Why is my stamina decreasing? Yeah. But I didn't take it serious. I just talked to uh, a couple family members, and they was like, and a couple homies. Yeah. None of us had no medical history background or nothing. Yeah. We were shorties, you know what I'm saying? Right. What, what, what did the shorties say back the in the day? The shorties told me to drink Gatorade. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And, and some of the older people told me to drink Gatorade. I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah. And they was like, well, you just need to like solve it all, right? Bro, that's what they was telling me, bro. And I think back then, Gatorade was off that high fructose back then, too. Still it was? Is. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Still yeah. Well, I ain't drunk in years, man. You yeah. know? And, and I, I got a phobia of it from that. But that's I did want to be like Mike. So that's the only reason why yeah. I was drinking it. Yeah. Not only yeah. that, I saw Charles Barkley. Yeah. I saw Tyra Banks, who I had a super crush on. Man, Tyra's bad back in the Bro, day. Bro, she was on a I learned she was on a Gap Milk poster. Yeah. I had that Gap mm. Milk poster on my wall. And every time I drank milk, I felt like it was bringing me closer to exercise my market potential to a Tyra Banks level. <laughs> Look, we we we're not even gonna get into like how marketing and advertising affects the way we eat, man. But that stuff is so powerful. Bro. And and in, in many ways, we are being revolutionary because us talking about food. 
uh, we are fighting against this marketing machine that markets unhealthy mm-hmm. stuff, and mm-hmm. the the voice for healthy stuff needs to be a little bit louder. And that's that's why we that's why we got you here. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Yes, Especially sir. you know, a cat like yourself that has a platform. Um, we we gotta combat this, man. I know people talk about Black Lives Matter and all this other stuff. For me, when we talk about Black Lives Matter, we have to talk about health and we have to talk about food. Snack lives so, matter, hell yeah, right? Because if we're not talking, Snack lives. right? If we, if, if, if we are just talking about police, we're not we're not focusing on the entire picture. That's one part of the picture. But we got to yeah. focus on the entire picture. Oh, bro, let's go there. there. You want to go there? We finna go there. Look. Hey, look, let's, let's, let's okay. do it. That's so what how I got diabetes is I was a victim of the FDA. Oh, oh, oh. I was a government block cheese baby. Okay. You feel so, me? I was a uh, powder egg baby. We, you we, feel me? We about to get taken out the air. Before oh, okay, we... <laughs> okay, okay. You really want to go there. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I was wow. a honey, honey bun, flaming hot with cheese and meat for breakfast baby. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 That's let, where it starts. Let, let me interrupt you there, man, since yeah. you brought up the FDA. Yeah. Um, so the FDA, they oversee how food is being labeled. Same with the USDA. They oversee what supplements, counter supplements, and what's allowable for medications, but they play a big role in our everyday life and and, and the government overall. And, and, and one thing that I just thought about in the news was how recently the Trump administration, they, they passed a law banning certain vaping flavors. So they said you can't uh, vape any of these like fruit flavors, but they, they didn't ban all of them. They allowed menthol flavor. Now, who smokes menthol cigarettes and who does menthol vaping more than anybody? Is it... Is it uh, uh, is it black people? It's black people. Oh, <laughs> man. It's black people. So it's us. It, 86% of menthol products are used by black people. And matter of fact, in terms of cigarettes and vaping, 9 out of 10 cigarettes or vape products smoked by black people are menthol. So they basically just allowed what black people were smoking. Now, the deep mm-hmm. scary thing is they've done studies to show that we have a genetic variation that makes menthol more addictive to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever we smoke menthol, it's literally more addictive than regular cigarettes or regular vaping. So, and that's just that's just based upon genetics. It has nothing to do with free will. It has nothing to do with anything. This has everything to do with how the menthol interacts with our own physiology. I don't know if y'all have ever smoked a cigarette, but it the, the menthol cigarette is like... Smoking a candy cane, like it's like 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 taking a a piece of of, of candy, a peppermint, and you you just lighting that bitch. Like I don't understand why a cigarette <laughs> is this strong. It's like loud. It's the loud of cigarettes, though. But but it also it's <laughs> it's easier to smoke. So that menthol component, it basically like menthol is what we use in cough medicine. So when you have the menthol in the cigarette, you don't cough as much. So it's le- easier for someone who's not even a smoker to smoke it because it doesn't make them feel as bad. A lot of people, when they smoke their first cigarette, some people are like, oh, this is great. But a lot of people are like, oh, man, it's this is so terrible. Strong, it's terrible, bro. I mean, because, yeah. like, you probably never smoked, you know what I'm saying? But, like, it's it's something I'm not proud of doing. But that is – I've smoked regular cigarettes before. Yeah. The menthol is, like, the chronic of cigarettes. It's, it's like you you – you might if you don't eat food before you smoke a Newport or a Cool, you be sleep like you like like you floating. Man. It's like Dre's first album was called Menthol. Bruh, you be high as shit. Just man, I, I gotta say shout out to my aunt Big Ann because she used to say, "Come here, boy." I come over there and she had pinched the shit out of me, right? Okay. And she smoked menthols. Yeah. So that gave me a 
I ain't never smoking menthols because this lady is mean as hell. She be pinching the shit out of me. I don't like cigarettes. I don't like nothing about it. Yeah. So, and plus the layer of bad breath that it imposed upon a person's tongue when they talk to you, yeah. how it came out in your face. I just wasn't with it. I just didn't like squares. Yeah. And, and it was a poster that they had back in the 80s when I was a shorty. Okay. It was called Dragon Lady. And they yeah. had a commercial on TV. <laughs> and they had this lady looking real fine. Okay. But then they had her smoking a square and she started turning to a dragon face. Yeah. And it gave me a phobia, man. I just wasn't with it. Never That's smoked a, a square. That is a real question. Dragon Lady. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, man, I'm a very visual person. I remember these things. We it need to bring that commercial. Me. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, so we we gonna find we gonna find that commercial. We gonna find that commercial and put it on the Instagram. So so get getting back to this old plant plant based life, right? Yeah. So last year I went. I, I did. I did vegan for like four four forty days. Yeah. I had already given up meat except fish, and I I, I got to tell you, man, G, listening to you talking about the shrimp and the lobster and all that, I'm like, man, you're killing me right now. That's the only thing I'm holding on to is fish, but I know I got to give up some cockroaches of, of the sea. I know that. I know that. And so, <laughs> but but when I did vegan, you know, I, I, I would go shopping, and I would go into the store, and I'm like, all right, I need to look for plant-based stuff. Like, I'm going to have plants, but I'm, let me look in this freezer section. And there's this whole world of plant-based food. So for like the first week, or quote-unquote plant-based food. Right. So for like that first week, I'm buying all this stuff. Like, all right, I'm cool. But then I started looking at the labels. I'm like, man, you buy some bullshit. nothing but a bunch of, exactly, a <laughs> bunch of chem- chemicals. And so, and so the wild thing is, whereas plant-based is becoming a popular way of life, the industry is like, all right, cool. Y'all, y'all don't want to eat meat. You want plant based? I'll give y'all some plant based stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. That don't necessarily mean it is 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 better for you. So, as we promote folks moving towards this plant based life, and Ed, I want to hear from you too on, on this. Like, how do we make sure that folks can decipher between, you know, what I'm saying this is the proper way that you shift into a, a plant based life. And not just buying the garbage that's out there that's labeled and saying you want play plant based, we got this for you. Oh, so you we're know? gonna get in that, but I want my man Carrier Coleman to jump in. Yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm listening to you, Zed, and, I, and and the problem is we li- we listen to the um, what's current, what's hot, what's the yeah. what's the new buzzwords, and instead of thinking plant based, just go get a plant. The you know one of the first places that you see when you go into a grocery store is the produce section. Yeah. Those are your plants, and yeah. most people can't see what's the, see the basis of of this new hot term because they're trying to figure out what it means. It's just a plant. Mm-hmm. Go to the produce section and get produce. If you're getting something with a label on it, it's other things in there, other chemicals, mm-hmm. other pre- uh, preservatives, which uh, uh, Dr. McDonald had mentioned, which is true. Is they know the NIH know that these chemicals are addictive. I had a I had I had a vegan hand sandwich recently, and I was like, "This ain't this ain't right, dog." You said no, a vegan hand it sandwich. Right. It no, shouldn't be. No, I'm telling you, man. Like, is I had it. It was like that fake, you know, like the the, the tofurkey. Yeah. Right. It was, yeah, but it was yeah. the ham version of it, right? And I was eating it, and I was like, "This ain't how you supposed to be doing it." That's like if that's like if I offered G some cat to eat, right? And I was like, "Man, this cat is is fucking delicious." And he'd be like, "Man." Why are you eating cat? I'm like, nah, 
is soy cat. Get you some of this. She be like, <laughs> shut your dumb ass up. Like, but that's what but, we but that's do. That's real though. That's real. Right. So See, the, and another it, thing it's is, probably somebody out there right now planning a soy cat burger man, business. Like, they gonna do it. <laughs> You know the impossible pussy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but another thing I want to just add is that I'm you sorry. know you can just keep it simple. You know, uh, you can. We, uh, I, I love making greens. You know, we we talk about how they. Uh, you know, I still have family members that cook chitlins yeah. for the holidays. They do the two ten pound buckets like the old man did. Yeah, and break mm-hmm. it down. And oh, but when I clean, I clean them so good that it's 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 only like two three pounds left going to pot. It's still a pig intestines. Yeah, the pig eats shit, and then you're going to eat the part that the shit process that processes the shit. But have you had tofu mm. chitlins? It, well, it, no, I didn't. Right, but, but the, they but probably the, asked them. Exactly. <laughs> they are Some, somebody got them. Yeah, but the thing is though, it's like we that's that comes from that slave mentality. They threw us the food that they didn't want to eat. After we became free, we kept eating the same foods. Yeah. So, I mean, chitlins, it, it's a complicated, complicated food, man. And, <laughs> and, and, and I go I go back and forward on on how I feel about chitlins in the sense that, let me let me break it down. So, all you guys looking at me like, what wait, you saying, man? Like, you, 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 you the doctor the and it's complicated. So, like, like for me, I, I love black people. And I appreciate our history, our culture, and I feel like in America, the impact that we have on the culture of America is oftentimes understated. When you look at uh, not only music, not only sports, but uh, not only, you know, legal, like we've we changed laws, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and not only in terms of slavery, as far as being a foundation in terms of commerce for this country, um, but even when it comes to food, uh, we have a legacy when it comes to the American diet. And we also have our own cultural legacy and chitlins as, you know, as complicated as they are, it's part of that cultural legacy. And I think oftentimes we're too quick to give things up. And when we give up parts of our cultural history, like we're giving up a part of ourselves to some degree. And I don't want to reach a point where we are so health focused that we have given up our ethnic, you know, form of eating that was created in America. I don't want to give up soul food completely because we're going to forget about it. And so we, what are you well, saying right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gonna, no, 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 no. So, 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 I'm just saying, I don't want us to forget about certain things. Oh, yeah. And and I'm not going to tell people to go out and eat chillings in celebration because it, it does represent a, a sad point in our history. Like it came from slavery. Um, now, other cultures eat chitlins, you know, uh, Mexicans, like they eat, Mexicans, yeah. French people like chitlins yeah. are actually. A worldwide phenomenon, mm-hmm. um, but it just happens with us. It becomes this huge stereotypical thing, whereas everybody else could they, you know, I still never eat. heard of nobody else eating chitlins. Yeah, they do. They do. They they eat. Yeah, they you do. can go to Mexico. Lamb stomachs and yeah, sheep well, yeah. stomachs they and eat, you know, like first of all, and the chitlins. Every first of all, if you eat sauce sausage, you eat chitlins. You eat what type of sausage? sausage? You eat chitlins. Okay. So most sausage and a lot of hot dogs uh, are cased in chitlins, which are pig intestines. So I have I've seen so many people like I don't eat chitlins, but I eat sausage every single day. And it's just right. like, well, you actually are eating chitlins. You just don't realize it. Now another thing with chitlins, I want I do want to point out uh, outside of his, his historical aspects is uh, some of the health issues. So I, I'm I mean I'm the doctor on the panel. So like you know are chitlins unhealthy? So at the end of the day, chitlins are just a form of a protein to some degree. So I would say they're no more or less unhealthy 
than a pork chop or any other, you know, red meat, so to speak. Now, the issue comes, yes, so chitlins are exposed to a lot of poop and a lot of stool. And if you don't clean them out, uh, a lot of the bacteria that are in that stool, you're going to ingest it and you can potentially get a foodborne illness. So chitlins are the number one cause of an infection called Yersinia intercalitica. So it's an infection that, you know, causes diarrhea. I mean, it can end you up in ICU. It's another. It's like E. coli. Hey, man. That sounds very unhealthy than a motherfucker. It's terrible. But 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 peak game. Peak game. Peak game. came from slavery. Let it go. We don't need that part of our culture. Man. But so did hey, lobster. Hey, well, no, look, so look, crab, this, this is why it's a conversation. And that's acid, man. That, that turns into acid in your body, man. But this bacteria, so it predominantly only affects black people. Uh, oh, and no. chitlins are the number one source. So if you go to the CDC right now, if you Google CDC chitlins, <laughs> I kid you not, like the first thing that'll pop up, it's a picture of like Big Mama holding a bowl of chitlins oh, and like man. a whole article about this bacteria. Uh, so there's literally a CDC warning on this stuff. But, it, uh, you know, back to my original point. that come on a package of chitlins? A CDC warning? No, not on a package of chitlins. Oh, okay. It should. It, it, well, that's a whole separate conversation. Yeah, but people, like squares. This people should be cancer. Yeah, right? People should be aware of your senior intercolitica because there's also case reports of, you know, say a mom was making chitlins, but then she go touches a baby bottle. Um, so even though the baby didn't eat the chitlins, but just because mm. you touch the baby bottle with unclean hands, uh, the Trash baby can... Shirt. Exactly. This you can is get not that turning point. into a good argument for chitlins right yeah, now. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> but, but, what, but the good thing about Your it is... Your baby might die. That's a commercial. But it, it leads us into right. the same... This, the conversation where whether we're talking about plant-based diets or the cigarettes, whereas the menthol versus the, the fruit flavors, it's about our health in general is being attacked by other groups. They know that these things are not for us, but yet to make their money, they they know they can sell it in our communities. Well, you know, it, it, it's tough, The flaming man. hots, the chitlins, the, the menthol cigarettes. The, uh, skins uh, with cheese and meat. I, 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 was, I was reading a, a good book what? by uh, Marion Nestle. So Marion Nestle is one of uh, the most notable food writers out there. She uh, teaches at, uh, I forget which university in New York, but she was saying, like, we, we just have to look at consumerism. So on the one hand, uh, you can say there's some evil plot out there by big business to just, you know, the man. ruin the lives of people purposefully. Or on the other hand, you can say, well, folks are just trying to make money and they don't care about mm-hmm. anybody. And she, you know, probably feels like it's the latter where people are just, they just say they don't care. Now, the only the only caveat with that is, is that we are also simultaneously being manipulated to do certain things. So the moment you walk into a, a supermarket, you're exposing yourself to manipulation. The moment you turn on a television, you're exposing yourself to the manipulation. And same with the iPhone. Um, so we have to recognize that, like, ultimately, people just don't care about our health. And they care about making money more so than us being healthy. And sometimes some of these people who are marketing health products may also have that same perspective because at the end of the day, people are trying yeah. to make money. Yeah, and, they got to make their profit. And, and a lot of these, you know, plant-based alternatives, they're just junk food in disguise. Uh, so just because... Whopper. Yo. Right. So <laughs> it, it, the Impossible Hat Whopper has as much, if not more, calories than a regular Whopper. Now, what I do like about the Impossible Whopper uh, or the Impossible Burger in general is that 
it, one, we need to look at it like it's a burger, okay? Like, it's a burger. This is not a healthy food. It's a hamburger. Um, but it does not have meat, which means its greenhouse, uh, its footprint, as far as the amount of energy associated with making the food, is nowhere near. It's lesser. Uh, and, and we have to come to grips with that reality in terms of how what we eat, uh, what impacts does it have on the environment? Yeah, it's way less water being consumed. Yeah. Way less energy being consumed. Exactly. So, yeah. so, so base is like economically sound. It I, is. I got a question for you, Ed. Yeah. Because like we, we, we were riding around the other day and we were trying to go to uh, the B-Gabs. I mean, it was, it was closed. Right. Right. And you was like, let's go to, it was like this Soul Taco. It was like, it was like a Korean, Korean taco spot. Yeah, know, right down the street. Right down the street. Now, then we ended up going to another um, plant-based spot called Native Foods, which is really dope in Hyde Park. But yeah. What's the difference between getting regular tacos as opposed to getting like fried, the fried, I think it's what, fried tofu tacos or something like that? Like, is there, is, is, is one unhealthier than the other? Or is it, is it all the same in terms of it just being, being like fast food? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it all depends. So in general, eating at home is going to be a healthier option than eating out because when you eat at home, you're in control of everything that you're eating. But if you do want to eat out, you know, nowadays everybody's a foodie and all that stuff. Um, for me, the tofu taco is going to have uh, no cholesterol. So our cholesterol, we only get it from animal products. Like, well, it also depends on what type of oil they cook it in. So, it, again, if you're using, if they cook it with butter or with lard or uh, animal product based oil, yes, it could have cholesterol. But if they just cook it with, you know, grapeseed oil, safflower oil, olive oil, olive oil, well, olive, yeah. uh, yes, olive oil, it's not going to have any cholesterol. So that's mm -hmm. one difference. Uh, two, at that location, they actually don't fry the tofu. Okay. Uh, so the tofu is grilled. Uh, they marinate it, they grill it, they chop it up, and they throw it on the taco. And then the rest of the toppings are all uh, vegetarian toppings. Exactly. So it's going to have less calories, okay. uh, less cholesterol, less calories, and probably less sodium. So in, in, in that sense, it's a healthier form of taco. Yeah, easier to digest. And easier to digest. Um, mm. But GLC, let, let's get let's get back into your, your your vegetarian story, man. So when you switched over to a plant based lifestyle, did you struggle? Was it immediate switch, or was it a slow transition? And did people give you a hard time? I mean, look, you probably go in the studios, you you hanging out with record execs. People want to do you know lunch meetings and stuff like that. People ever give you a hard time about being vegetarian or? Well, well, well. Just to uh, pick up where we left off earlier on yeah. what made me get to this mm. point. Gotcha. We was talking about the Got Milk posters, right? Tyra and Banks. You, and then you just brought up how uh, sometimes people will be selling you stuff knowing that it's bogus, but it's, you know, they're getting, they, they getting money from it. Yeah. So I felt kind of betrayed by the entertainment and the sports industry as a kid when I'm seeing these Got Milk commercials because... I was told that it was something that we needed for our bones to get tall, to get strong. Yeah. But then as I got older, I found out that cow's milk is really for, like, calves. That's it. Not human <laughs> beings. You know? Imagine, imagine that. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the way that I found out is because the effect that the dairy had on my body, man, as a kid. Yeah. It destroyed my pancreas. It destroyed my mucous membrane. It put me in very bad shape. 
Dairy mm. is not to be consumed by human beings. Ninety percent of all Af black people in the world are lactose intolerant. Seventy percent of all human beings are lactose intolerant. When you are intolerant, that means your body can't tolerate it. But what we do is we take Tums, Gas X, Rolays, Pepto Bismol, and be like, "Oh yeah, you know." What I found out when I found that out. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, I really need to make a change. Okay. So I gave up dairy. Yeah. But I was still eating them chicken wings because I'm from Chicago and Harold's was just super fat. Yeah, Harold's on 87th Street. Super fat. I couldn't shake it. <laughs> super fat means really tasty. Yeah, I couldn't shake it, man. So I, I got to a point a few years later, like around 07, 08. Yeah. Where I gave up the chicken. Yeah. Then I was like, man, I'm just a fish man now, fish and vegetables. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then I seen something where it was like somebody was chopping up some salmon and the salmon was like jumping. Yeah. Then I did some research. Yeah. And then I, I then I only started eating wild caught salmon as opposed to farm raised. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then from there, yeah. Then from there I was thinking about the uh like all the oil spills and all that. I was like, look, man, I just don't want to do this no more. Yeah. So I gave <laughs> I'm up. I'm tapping fish. out. Yeah. And then I just went straight vegan, man. And yeah. it was a transition each time. And each time, yes, people was talking about I was eating squirrel food, talking about I was yeah. crazy, you know, like, oh, what you eating? A lettuce octopus sandwich and, you know, just crazy <laughs> stuff like that, you know? Look, man. I, I saw the change, though, in your figure, dog. I remember yeah. from like, from like the days when I first saw you on like Drive Slow to yeah. like 20, 15, I was like, man, this brother lost a lot of weight. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. I, I shook the weight, man. I gave up liquor. I gave up liquor and I gave up uh meat. And, Hold on. You yeah. said you gave up you gave up what? Liquor? I gave up alcohol, yeah. I gave up alcohol oh. in twenty ten, man. I'm a decade in now. Wow, that's wow. deep. But That's I never good. gave up that green leaf, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's legalized in Illinois, too, baby. Yeah, we did it. We did it. So, so we we, we going to have another episode. We did a commercial. Our, right. For weed in Illinois. Right? Our, our next episode, we're going to be talking about marijuana now that it's legal in Illinois and medical marijuana. Shirt, yeah. And, and I, I have been... Drug veteran. Okay, brother. I, I have been an advocate for uh, medical marijuana in the hospital. So uh, a lot of my patients are excited that they're going to have better access as to, you know, something that should be used as a medication, man. Man, what I got to do, though, is shout you out because you break the stereotype that the quote-unquote woke community speaks on, like the super woke vegans. Yeah. They be like, oh, doctors, they don't teach you about nutrition. They just teach you about medicine. And they teach mm -hmm. you about take the pills. You like, look, I'm telling my patients to go plant-based. Yeah. That's the whole you point the of this podcast. You're the first time I ever heard a well, doctor like, talking like this. They don't shit. do that. Yeah. Most MDs are not taught that. And and Dr. McDonald took it upon himself to make sure that he was different from the norm. I love it. So mm -hmm. that's what we need. We need more MDs like that yes, because sir. that's the first person who tell you what to feed your child. Yes, Hercules, right. Hercules. So, 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 so let me break down, let me break down my story, how this came to be, man. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for me, I was always into cooking you know, my mom, she used to be hospitalized periodically when I was a kid and I had to cook for myself because, uh, you know, I had a fa father you know, like, I love my dad, but he's part of that that old school generation. Like, man, I ain't getting in the kitchen. That ain't, like, what I'm supposed to do as a man, blah, 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 blah. So I had to eat. So, <laughs> you know, I, I remember going up to my grandmother. I'm like, man, you know, this cat ain't really cooking no food. We just eating these little microwave dinners and whatnot. And she gave me my first cookbook, Joy Cooking. She's like, well, you better figure out something. Here's a cookbook. Make it work. 
So I started cooking and uh, fast forward, I even wanted to go to culinary school when I was uh, graduating high school. So I go up to my pops. I'm like, look, man, like, I don't want to go to Michigan right now. I want to go to New York and go to cooking school and learn how to be a chef. Then I'm going to go back to college. And he was like, dude, you sound real dumb. And, and that was the end of that. And I also was like, yeah, man, I want to go to New York and focus on these beats. And he was like, look, you sound real dumb. Like, I'm not going to let you do this. And, um, I, and I wish I would. I, I feel like there's a lot of stories to be said about uh, pursuing your dreams and everything. But I went to Michigan and uh, was pre-med and eventually went on to medical school. And when I got to medical school, I thought I was going to learn about, you know, nutrition, about how to help people. Uh, and I remember being in these conferences uh, in classes in medical school where they would talk about how black men have the highest rates of pretty much every disease. You know, high blood pressure, uh, diabetes, high cholesterol, heart disease, stroke, et cetera, certain types of cancer. And in every single lecture, they would talk about how how our diet is a risk factor for it. So all these lecturers, they were typically, uh, they weren't black men, I'll tell you that much. They would look at me during the lectures, so they would be like, black men get the highest rates of blah, blah, blah. And they would look directly at me, like, you know, they talking to me, because I'm one of the only brothers in the class. I was always bothered by that. So I would ask them, I'm like, look, you're talking about diet, like, what should we be eating? And no one knew any of those answers. So I knew I was on my own. I had to figure this stuff out. So I decided to, you know, look up more about nutrition. I started doing some of the research on the plant-based diets. And when I became an intern, I had my own clinic. Um, this one patient that really, you know, changed my perspective on plant-based eating. And it was a brother, he was a veteran, this over at the Jesse Brown VA on the west side of Chicago. And I saw the guy, brother had diabetes, high blood pressure. Uh, he was gaining a whole bunch of weight. His wife left him because uh, he had erectile dysfunction. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, no, I left the brother. Mm. Cold, you know what I'm saying? When he was Not at the ED. Scandalous. Scandalous. When he was at his lowest point. And he did. Yeah, she did. His smallest point, actually. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I asked the brother one of the most powerful questions I feel the doctor can ask anybody is what do you eat? You know what I'm saying? And, and I looked over his chart. No one ever asked him that. They just added, increases blood pressure medication, added more medication, increases insulin. But no one asked the brother what he was eating. So he told me hot dogs. And I'm like, okay. Uh, what, what, what do you do for breakfast? And he was just like, hot dogs. And he had a little attitude when he said it. And I'm like, what do you do for lunch? And he got more of an attitude like hot dogs, bro. And I'm like, all right what do you do for dinner? At this point, you know, my man stands up and like, like we almost about the box, man. Over hot dogs. <laughs> Over hot dogs. Square <laughs> bowl. And then like, you know, I, I, I calm my man down because I'm not trying to box a former Marine. You know, like that ain't what I'm trying to do right now. According to his wife, he wouldn't have won. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what, I, what, what I did was I, I put him aside. I'm like, look, bro, you can't live off just hot dogs for every meal every single day. So I gave him a recipe for how to uh, roast some vegetables. I'm like, what are your favorite vegetables? And he's just like, look, man, I like broccoli. I like cauliflower. I'm like, cool, man. So get some broccoli. Um, you know, it'll be easier to just buy the broccoli whole by the head. You know, don't worry about the bag stuff because they're going to charge you more. Uh, chop it up into the florets and, you know, hit it with a little bit of olive oil. Put a little bit of salt on there, not too much. A little bit of pepper. Throw it in the oven, 425, roast it, 15, 20 minutes. Get a little bit of char on there, but not too much because you don't want it to be burning bitter. And he was like, cool, I'll rock with that. So I see the dude maybe like three or four months later. He's down maybe like 30, 40 pounds, 50 pounds. Blood sugar's low, blood pressure's low. And I'm worried about the cat. And I'm like, dude, what have you been eating? And he was just like, 
every meal every day I just do the 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 the, the broccoli and the cauliflower and that's it. And I'm like, man, I got to give out more recipes. And so for him, his transition to a plant-based diet did what all these medications that the doctors were giving him before could not do. And uh, we had to figure out ways to add some variety to his diet. So, you know, just doing broccoli by itself is probably not the greatest thing for a long period of time. But the point of the story is, like, this, this diet had an impact. And that's when I decided to go to culinary school and learn more about cooking because... Again, if I'm going to talk to folks on, especially in my neighborhood on the south side, on how to eat food, like I got to know how to make it taste good. What about the people who yeah. always, who always say that the plant based diet does not give you enough? Like you mentioned, the dude eating cauliflower and broccoli, and there'll be, there'll be somebody who might say that's just not enough nutrients in that, right? So, like, right. So, I mean, the, what's, what's the counter argument to people who say you're not getting what you need from from this stuff? Can I? Can I? Yeah. Well, one of the main things that they're trying to uh, talk about is the protein and it's like the protein in general is is, is not just it's, it's specific amino acids that you you definitely will get from a meat that you don't make on your own or what what they could call the essential amino acids but if that's why it takes education and when I say education is whether it's you learning you googling or trying to figure out what is those amino acids what type of uh, mixture I can do with this vegetable versus that vegetable, this legume versus that, you know, so that you get all the amino acids that you need. So you can get them. You just have to know how to put the foods together so you have each of them um, essential uh, amino acids. You know how to freak it. You got to freak it. So, I mean, the point is you really have to eat a variety of fruits and vegetables to get everything you need. Now, B12 can still be an issue. Uh, so, you know, sometimes people do, if they're completely vegan, you may require some B12 supplements or some fortified foods like, uh, the nutritional yeast and whatnot tends to have B12. So there's other, you know, plant-based options, but, uh, for the most part, if you're concerned about protein, you just got to eat a variety of stuff. And that applies to anybody. Uh, even if you're not a vegan or vegetarian, you should be eating a variety of foods, which should include fruits and vegetables. So the problem with the standard American diet, everybody just eats the same stuff over and over again. So people who claim to be meat eaters, you're just eating the same meat every day of the week. Your diet is not, you're not exposing yourself to a variety. And when you expose yourself to a variety, especially fruits and vegetables, you're exposing yourself to a variety of nutrients. But when you're eating the same thing, you're just exposing yourself to the same nutrients. And that's the problem. I got to jump in there, Ed. Uh, we were spe- we talking a couple of weeks ago about, um, you know, as a GI, you see uh, discoloration in the colon. Yeah. We're talking about the colon cleanses versus the proper way. So we we going to get into colon cleanses. Well, but, uh, I, I was talking about, is it really to... The plant-based diet you right. had mentioned. You want to? You want to? Can you touch on that for a second? Well, we all need to have a diet that's high in fiber. But uh, in the spirit of time, um, what were you about to say? Oh man, what I was about to say was church. No, I'm just, I'm just tripping. But man, you know, um, so. I, I I teach classes at Whole Foods along with uh, Neighborhood Housing Services. Yeah. We do this program over in Inglewood. It's okay. called uh, Healthy Homes. Yeah, I'll let it come through for that, man. Yeah. Uh, and wow. Yeah, and what we do is uh, I show the community who hasn't really been exposed to a, a plant-based lifestyle yeah. how to make uh, plant-based alternatives to what they are accustomed to. Mm. Yeah. So I... Um, 
introduce them to these things. They in there. They liking it. They max it. I give them the recipe. Yeah. And now they are more open to it because, as you said, the yeah. way in order to get somebody to make the transition is yeah. healthy food cannot taste healthy. Okay. It has to taste like what you are accustomed to. Gotcha. It's all about learning the spices, the seasoning, the flavors, the things that can make it taste as close to what they are accustomed to, minus all the stuff that is unhealthy. Gotcha. And with that being said, man, uh, there was a young man who I introduced to this uh, lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, Within the last two years, he's lost 60 pounds. He told me he had uh, arthritis in the knee. Like yeah. it was really bothering them. Yeah. And what I told them was arthritis is simply a high case of acid in the blood. And mm. and what causes acid in the blood is eating flu- foods that cause inflammation. Okay. So with that being said, uh, he removed these foods that I suggested that he removed. He replaced them with plants. Yeah. And he's down. He's in shape. He no longer has a knee pain. His blood pressure is all good. Yeah. And even with me, with being type 1 diabetic, yeah. uh, I go to the doctor like four times a year. Okay. And I have no complications. And my A1C is always where it's supposed to be. Good stuff. And the thing is, I'm a living like a proof of concept that it works. Yeah. So due to the fact that I know it works, yeah. as I, and as I said, that uh, you have to make it taste like what people are familiar with, like meeting people where they are. Got to meet them where they are. Yeah. So um, I went on to start a vegan dessert company. Oh, tell us about it. And it's called Ism Cakes. Okay. And the reason that I started this company is because uh, Sprinkles, I love Sprinkles. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Spell it's, that. Is it I- ISM Cakes? Uh, ISM Cakes, yep. And, I'm about to follow right now. Uh, it up. Uh, thanks a million. So so the reason uh, with Sprinkles, I love Sprinkles so much, but the thing was, before I ate a Sprinkles vegan cheese, I mean, not cheesecake, vegan cupcake, Yeah. I had to take like, 20 units of regular insulin in order to eat this. Gotcha. Because it's super high in sugar. Right. You know what I'm saying? But it tastes really good. Now, if I wanted one that was no sugar, I had to have the dairy. It had butter and eggs in it. Okay. So I created a dessert that has no butter and eggs, strictly vegan, and only has 8 to 12 grams of sugar in it. Gotcha. So the average slice of cheesecake that's on the market is like 400 calories plus 400 calories plus 44 grams of sugar, which is equivalent to 11 teaspoons of sugar. Yeah. I'm I'm at two to three teaspoons of sugar, and I'm at 200 calories. And with that being said, I ended up getting in, like, local restaurants throughout the city. Yeah. And now I'm in Whole Foods. That's dope. That's I mean, amazing, that's, that, that, that's a that's an inspiration. You know what I mean? Yeah. Word. Get them ism cakes. And, and, and then one, you, you drop one gem in there that I want people to want to make sure people picked up on. So when you're talking about the teaspoons, yeah. so everyone should be aware that four grams of sugar is equivalent of a teaspoon or, or a sugar cube. Oh, I didn't know. So that. your average can of pop, you know, may have forty grams of sugar in it. And that's that's ten teaspoons. <laughs> yeah. Like, when was the last time you put ten teaspoons of sugar in, in your anything. coffee? In anything. But that's what we drank when we they drank pop. Ghetto Kool Aid back in the day. Yeah, the house party Kool Aid. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, I mean, that's the type of stuff that increases the risk of diabetes. Or if you already have diabetes, man. it'll throw your blood sugar out of whack, man. I am proud of us. We over here talking about this man. That's a tear coming down my eye. We be talking about the shit that people need to be talking about. 
We're not trying to preach to y'all. We're just trying to give y'all the real. And I'm happy right now, dog. So I appreciate happy, that. And, and and I think that's a good good place to end it out. So we like to end every, every episode with uh, what makes you want to holler, okay? So what makes you want to holler? It could be something good. It could be something bad. It could be one word. It could be a whole sentence. But um, let's start with our guest. So GLC, bro. What makes you want to holler, man? man? What makes me want to holler is social, economic, educational, and political deprivation that plagues our community. Uh, I know that for years we run to a so- certain political party, whether it be Democrat or Republican, but uh, through my perspective, I've come to see that these are just two birds of the same, I mean, two wings of the same bird. All right. And with that being <clears throat> said, I think, uh, you know, some people say politics is politics, but uh, what I've noticed in other movements is like uh, they come together, they organize and they unify and then yeah. they get things done. Yeah. So I think that for us as a people in America, man, we have to come together so that we can get things done. And uh, man, I say, that we should have our own political party. Hey, man, let it start here. Yeah, man, because, man, uh, we we must have a black agenda because we look at the wealth that's being controlled in America and black people only control half of 1% of the nation's wealth. That has to change, man. So so I, I think we're going to have GLC run for office, and yeah. uh, he, he's establishing Word. the platform right now. <laughs> Watch out, Lori Lightfoot. Right. <laughs> Here come the ism. Y'all can wear the same suit. I'm saying, man, we have GLC as mayor. Like, I'll be the health commissioner. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. We need so. economic inclusion, brother. That's the only way uh, change will be brought forth. Like, I helped open up the first open enrollment arts high school in the history of Chicago. Yeah. It had never been done before. Uh, diet. Yeah. Right down the street, it was on the verge yeah. of being closed. The people, they slept in tents, they protested, they stayed outside. Yeah. And the school was able to stay open. Yeah. So I partnered with a principal by the, principal by the name of Beulah McLeod. Yeah. We came together. Uh, when I came on board, the school had only like 20 students enrolled. Okay. Because it hadn't opened yet. This yeah. was in March. From yeah. March to August, I took the enrollment from 20 students to over 160 students with 400 students on a waiting list. Yeah. Yeah. So now wow. the school is a level one neighborhood school. It has a 96% freshman on track rate and a 93% attendance rate. Yeah. And the principal that helped open the school due to the fact that she was so dope, she got flew out by Obama when he was in office. Yeah. Magic Johnson mm-hmm. took students out there, you know, and now she is going all over the country teaching other principals how to do what she did. Yeah, so diet, dope high school. I've done cooking demos at diet. So, like, along the same lines, it's really a progressive school. So, they had me do a cooking demo, and Vic Mensa came out. Oh, that's super dope, Yeah, so, like, I'm cooking, talking about being a doctor, and you got Vic Mensa over here, you know, talking about that super dope. Yeah. So for kids to see that, like, they've never seen anything like that. Yes, sir. Uh, so we got my man, Carrie Coleman, man. What, what makes you want to holler, bro? What makes me want to holler is uh, a lot of information that we're talking about, you know, as far as um, the science behind, you know, diet and nutrition. It's already, it's not new information. Yeah. It's been out there, but it's where the information is. It's, it, it, what makes me want to holler so much is that it's in medical journals, biomedical research, uh, journals, the NIH, uh, National Institute of Health, they know all this, but no one is getting it to the people that needs it. And so that's, and that's why that's we're here. We, that's why we're here. We're trying to get it to them and break it down and lay them in terms so that they understand 
what what's been on for ten to twenty years already. There you go, brother Dave. What's up, man? Uh, what makes me want to holler is vegan cream cheese. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> you are so disgusting. Uh, Look, man, you can make it taste good depending on what you're trying to do. Uh, Sid, what makes you want to holler, bro? Yo, what makes you want to holler? I would say is the plant based business that is starting to boom right now. Like, don't take advantage of folks trying to get healthy. You know what I'm saying? By by pumping the market full of all these terrible chemically infused alternatives for folks to just say, yeah, I'm eating a plant-based diet when all they're eating is this ultra-processed junk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like make make sure that we're really getting the word out there, you know, like kind of like what G is, talk, is, is, is talking about, like doing demos and showing folks, like, this is what plant-based food can look like and taste like. You know, like, you don't have to go to the store to just buy it because we live in such a I-need-it-now society. Like, take the time to learn how to create these plant-based meals for yourself without relying on the industry to give it to, 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 to you. You know what I'm saying? So don't throw the people for a loop out here, plant-based business. Look, look. <laughs> I, I make you want to holler. I, I, I say we hook up with a cat like GLC who has an entrepreneurial mind and come out with uh, some trying-to-live food products. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Judge>. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. they, they, they're not ready for it. Uh, so what what makes me want to holler, man? Uh, you know, brothers coming together and talking about food and how it impacts the body. Like, for me, that, that, that that's a beautiful thing. It's great, brother. And th- this is something, like, I don't think I've ever heard a podcast where you have all black men talking about eating vegetables. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and a, a, as, as simple as that sound, that there's something <laughs> radical in that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if, you, if you think about other, you know, revolutionary leaders and whatnot, they were compar- concerned about our political health. But our physical health is important, too. So on that note, we're going to close it out. Oh, before we go... Uh, GL, you got, you got anything you want to plug before? Uh... Yes, let's get the plugs in. Oh, uh, man, you need some ism. Go ahead and follow him at G-L-C-T-H-E-I-S-M. That's G-L-C the ism. And, uh, yeah, I got a new album coming out, The Book of St. Ism, executive produced by No ID. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We dropping this first <laughs> quarter, man, so I'm going to keep y'all posted. Yeah. Just follow <sighs> Chuch. Yeah, all no. Right, that's a perfect way to end this episode right now, yeah. dog. <laughs> all right, all right. Yo.